Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show, just a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill them with some great storytelling. And we've got some for you today. We want to remind you, of course, that we bring you a few of these Appleseed Bites each week in preparation for our Thursday full hour-long episode drop. And on Thursdays, of course, we fill a full hour with stories for you and your family. Coming up this next Thursday, you're going to hear from Andy off at Earl. Erwin, the terrific Georgia storyteller, who joined us in the Appleseed studio to tell one of his Aunt Marguerite stories. Aunt Marguerite is, of course, Andy's fictional aunt, and, and Aunt Marguerite and the people in her world make for wonderful, rollicking, tender tales. You'll hear Aunt Marguerite talk about uh, liberty enlightening the world, a story about the Statue of Liberty, and you won't want to miss it. And of course, uh, today I'm thrilled to be joined in the studio by Lacey Olson, one of our assistant producers. Lacey, thanks for joining me. Good to be here. And tell me what we're going to hear today. So today we're going to hear a story from Jenny Cargill Strong, and this story is called The Fisherman's Baby. It's a fun little Irish folktale story that I had never heard before, but it's a pretty fun story to listen to. It's got some important family truths to it, you know, how important it is to keep your family close to you, (laughs) in a way, (laughs) quite literally. (laughs) Well, The Fisherman's Baby is the name of the story. Jenny Cargo Strong, a longtime friend of the show, is the storyteller, and we're happy to bring it to you here on The Appleseed. I have no roof to cover my head Bring me a lullaby of dreams Tuck a cloud up under my chin Lord, blow the moon out, please This story comes from Ireland in the long ago days before there were cars or electricity. Nowadays, fishermen go out to sea in powerful steel motorboats with huge nets and engines to pull in their heavy catches. But back in the olden days, fishermen went out to sea in little wooden rowboats. They used small nets that they and their womenfolk wove themselves. Once, in a small fishing village, on a little island, there was a young couple who had a healthy, bonny baby. They were so proud of their baby, you would have thought no one else had ever had a baby before. And the father of the baby was particularly unusual, because he had a lot to do with the baby. And back then, men didn't usually help so much with their small children, and especially not babies. And if they did, they could be terribly teased. But that didn't stop this young father. He would dress the baby and change the baby. When the baby was old enough, he'd feed the baby its bottle. In the afternoons, he'd take the babe for walks to visit his neighbours and show off the latest exciting thing the baby had done, like blowing bubbles or saying, Dad, Dad, Dad. One day, a knock came at the door. It was a friend of the family, saying that the baby's auntie was very ill and could the mother come and look after her? The baby's mother sadly shook her head, saying, No, I'd like to, but I can't go. I've got the wee baby to look after. 
You run on, wife. Go look after your sick sister. Don't I look after the baby as well as you do? Don't I feed him? Don't I change him and take him for walks? You go. We'll be just fine. Now, it wasn't done in those days for a mother to leave a baby to a father to look after. She worried about her baby and what people in the village would say. But finally, she agreed. He did take good care of the baby. So she packed her bag, nervously kissed her baby and her husband goodbye, and left for her sister's house. The baby and his father did very well while she was away for three whole days. Then another knock came at the door. This time, it was the young father's best friend. Ah, Sean, are you coming fishing with me today? It's going to be the last good day of fishing we're going to have in months. Why, the fish will just be jumping into the nets. Oh, I can't go. I've got the wee baby to look after. Ah, come on, Sean. Wrap him up and bring him along. I know just the safe spot for him. We'll only be gone an hour. So the young father wrapped the baby in his blanket and set him gently in the boat. The two friends rowed out to a great sea cave near to their fishing spot. The baby fell asleep, lulled by the gentle rocking of the boat. The father carried his son carefully up inside the sea cave, high above the highest tide mark. He made a ring of large, smooth stones around the child, so the baby wouldn't roll down the hill, kissed him and said, I'll only be gone an hour, son. Then he went off fishing, and it was just as his friend had predicted. The fish were just jumping into the nets, but they were having such a great time telling stories and jokes as they pulled in the fish, singing silly songs and talking about what heroes they'd be back in the village, that they weren't watching the signs in the sky, and they weren't watching the signs in the water. And before they knew what was upon them, a fierce freak storm had struck. Black waves tossed them up and down in the boat until suddenly they were thrown out of the boat and into the water. The next thing that young father knew, he'd been washed up on the shore near his house. As he looked up, he saw the tear-stained face of his wife looking down at him. And she was saying, Where's my baby? The young man went to speak. But what could he say? and the storm raged for three days and three nights. It was so fierce that no one could get anywhere in their boats, though the young father and the villagers tried. The storm just kept blowing them back to shore. On the fourth morning, the wind dropped and the skies cleared. The sea was again as smooth as a sheet of glass. Then the mother spoke to her husband for the first time. She said, Find my baby. That young man ran as fast as his legs could carry him down to the boat. He rowed as fast as his arms could row, straight to that sea cave. He jumped out of the boat and onto the rocky shore, striding up into the sea cave. Out of the corner of his eye, he noticed a seal mother with her pup on the shore. But he didn't look straight at her, for all he could think of was his son and the hope that by some miracle he would still be there, alive. 
As he reached the spot where he'd left his son, he saw only the baby's blanket was there. And how could he take that back to its mother? He picked up the blanket and clutched it to his chest, wondering what to do next. He stumbled down the hill towards the boat. Then a great splash caught his attention, and he looked over to see that the seal mother had returned to the ocean. But she had left behind her no seal pup, but his own bonny baby boy. The child was sitting up gurgling with rosy cheeks and a ring of seal milk around its lips. For during the storm, the seal mother had kept him safe and warm and fed her own milk to the human child. The father ran to his son, picked him up, hugged him and covered him with kisses. Then he realised he must get him back to his wife and all the villagers. So he wrapped the baby carefully in its blanket, set him carefully in the boat and rowed back home as fast as his arms could row. And they say that if the family had mourned their baby during the three days and nights of the storm, the party when he came home safe lasted a fortnight. And whenever those parents would put their boy to bed, they would sing. I have no roof to cover my head. Bring me a lullaby of dreams. Tuck a cloud up under my chin. Lord, blow the moon out, please. A story from Jenny Cargo Strong about the fisherman's baby. Brought to us today by Lacey Olson, one of our assistant producers. Lacey, thanks for bringing that story to us. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I love know, listening to it. You talked to before you before we listened to the story. You said, yeah, it's about the virtues of keeping your family close, literally, right? Yes, exactly. I mean, I can't imagine a time in today's world where we might accidentally leave our baby in a sea cave. But, you know, there might be times where you kind of... Um, not physically, but maybe emotionally distance yourself from those you love, yeah. you know? And I really love what the end of this story said, that if they had mourned the three days that the baby was gone, then the party they had when he returned would have lasted a fortnight, which is yeah. like 14 days, you know? Yeah. And I love that because sometimes you never realize how much you need to be with people or those you love until you're apart from them, yeah. whether physically or emotionally or whatever it is, but... It's always so much sweeter when you do have that time apart if it happens, you know. The the uh, I, I love that sentiment at the end too, and it, and it reminded me of all of the emotions that come along with loving someone deeply. You know, mm-hmm. you the, the 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 celebration time is huge and happy, of course, you know. But when you're distant from them, you feel lonely and sorrowful. And that's part of the love, you know. That is a love thing, too. Definitely. And I love that sentiment at the end of the story, too. Such a pleasure to hear Jenny Cargill Strong's story. And, of course, join us on Thursday for our full hour-long episode featuring a tale told for you by Andy Offit Irwin. Andy Offit Irwin, of course, from Georgia. Joined us in the Appleseed studio to tell us an Aunt Marguerite story in which Aunt Marguerite talks about uh, the liberty enlightening the world, which, of course, is the proper name for the Statue of Liberty. It's a story you won't want to miss. That and more coming up on Thursday on the Appleseed. I'm Sam Payne. Can't wait to have you with us. 
Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.